If you look at the last verse of that first lesson from Jonah, it said that God had compassion and he did not do what he was going to do. We can tidy up that translation because when we look in Hebrew, it's something a little more substantial than compassion. When God saw their actions, that they had turned from their evil ways, God relented from the disaster which he said he would bring on them and did not carry out. God relented. In other words, God changed his mind. It's a little different nuance of having compassion. Like, yes, God had compassion on his people, but in the Hebrew here, it's very specific. God changed his mind. God had a prior decision to destroy the city of Nineveh. But he changed his mind. And he decided not to pour out his wrath upon the people. You know this, we know the story. Jonah goes into Nineveh. He preaches. People repent. And even today, when we hear God's word, we repent, and then God forgives. But it's interesting that in this case, there's an added element to the equation. Something that we don't see in other places of Scripture. And that is God changing his mind. Does a God who changed his mind make you feel comfortable or uncomfortable? You don't have to answer that. It's something to think about. I think for a lot of people, it probably would make us uncomfortable. Because then you would have in the back of your mind, ooh, what if? Hmm. I confessed. I said I was sorry. The Bible says I receive forgiveness. But there is that what if in there. But yet, we go to another place in Scripture, and in Hebrews 18, where we read that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Interesting. Two different views here. The text says that God changed his mind, that God changes his mind. And then we have another Bible verse that says that God doesn't change. So, Pastor, what is it? Well, as you know, it's a paradox. And a paradox is when you have two facts that seem to oppose each other, are in fact, in reality, they both are true. And that's what we have in our story today. There are times in Scripture 
that we are told that God changes his mind. Uh, One example is in Exodus. God is traveling with the Israelites here. You know, Moses goes up on the mountain, the Ten Commandments, and the people down below are growing antsy because Moses is not coming down. And so what do they do? They build a calf, and they started worshiping it. Well, I'm paraphrasing here, but I can imagine that God is thinking, wait a minute here, if these people are not going to worship me, then I'm not going to be their God. I'm not going to be with them as they leave the wilderness. If they refuse to worship me, I'm going to wipe my hands clean from them. So then Moses goes up before God. And it's interesting here. Moses then throws, at, throws back to God all of the promises that God has made previous. Talk about guts. You're going up against God and you're throwing these things back at him? Moses is here reminding him that these are your people. They are your descendants. Promise from Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. You promised that you would give them the land, the promised land. And you know, if you don't do this, the Israelites are going to mock you and think that you're weak. And so what does the text say? The text says that when God heard Moses, he relented. He changed his mind. We have another case. Um, King Hezekiah. Oh, he was a good king, but he was sick. And Isaiah came to Hezekiah and said that you are going to die from this Sickness. And so what does Hezekiah do? Hezekiah then prays to the Lord. He asks for mercy. And then we hear that God relents and he changes his mind not to take the life of Hezekiah. And then in our story today, we have, if Ray was here today, he would love it because in Jonah 3, we have in Hebrew a five-word sermon. Five words. Now I'll take, I'm going to take 20 minutes to expound on those five words. Just for Ray. Just for Ray. Five-word sermon. Forty more days and Nineveh will be destroyed. And we know the people hear this. The people repent. Now I give you these several different examples about God changing his mind. Not that God is arbitrary when he relents of a previous decision. 
It's not based upon his mood at the time. There's always something behind it. And that is for man to receive grace and mercy and to come to faith. You noticed in these three different illustrations that God moves from wrath, from being angry, to mercy. He moves from anger to kindness. He moves from the condemnation of the law to the new life we have in Christ. And this is good news for us today. Because this is how God works. The preaching of God's word, both in law and gospel, is desired to accomplish two things. One, to bring repentance in the hearts of the people. And that repentance, repentance is brought forth by the preaching of the law. We need to hear that we have transgressed against God. And then that law should crush us, should make us feel guilty and angry and ashamed. And that's the Holy Spirit working with that law then to drive us to hear the sweet words that we have been forgiven. That we have mercy. I said this many times, mercy is God does not give us what we deserve. What do we deserve? Death. A life, eternal life apart from him. So the law wakes us up. It leads us to repent. The Holy Spirit then brings those sweet words of forgiveness. The Father sends Jesus. Imagine Jesus putting his arm, his hand on your shoulders, and he says, Dear friend, I bring you good news. God was going to pour out his wrath upon you, but God relented. God changed his mind because you acknowledged your shortcomings. God looked into your heart and knew you were sincere. And I am here not as a condemning judge, but as a loving Savior to say that you are forgiven. So that's one point that God relents, that He changes His mind. The other side of that paradox is God never changes. I mean, he is the God who, is, who always desires mercy, a God who always hates sin, a God who always gives grace and mercy and forgiveness to repentant sinners. That does not change. And we see Jesus this way, all in his ministry, about him preaching the forgiveness of sins, repentance. 
We see that in our gospel lesson today. After John was put into prison, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, Jesus said. The kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. What is the good news? The good news is that there's a Savior here. He has died for you. And in him you have forgiveness, life, and salvation. In other words, the gospel has come for you, Roy. Notice the pillow is still there. The gospel has come for all of us. God is here for you. As I said at the beginning, the idea that God changes his mind can make us feel uncomfortable. Because I think we've been brought up with the thinking, especially in our confirmation classes, that God doesn't change. But for Jonah, what really bothered Jonah was the fact that God does not change. Now we know the story of Jonah. He did not want to go to preach to Nineveh. Who could blame him? The 120,000 people there, militant ISIS, I mean, let's say for a moment that we commissioned John Streggy to go to the Middle East to be a missionary, and we're going to send him into the hotbed. Um, would he be nervous? Yes. Because they're not too friendly to the words of Jesus. God says, go. Go preach to them. I can just imagine Jonah saying, no, thank you. I'm going to go drown myself. <laughs> and it's interesting how God he has a funny sense of humor, doesn't he? Well, in the end, we know what happened. Jonah does go into Nineveh. And in Chapter 3, Nineveh was a great city. It, it, it was a three-day walk just to get through the city. And as Jonah walked through the city, he called out. Again, this is a short sermon. Four more days and Nineveh is going, 40 more days, and Nineveh is going to be destroyed. I can see Jonah saying, Ninevites, you take that. You've got it coming. Forty days, you're going to be toast. But notice what's missing from this sermon than Jesus. Jesus just proclaimed, he just said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. The gospel. Here, Jonah has left out any hope of being forgiven, of being restored. It's definitely a law sermon, period. But we know what happens, don't we? 
The Ninevites believed God. In fact, the word trickled down to the king. The king then said, let's declare a fast. In fact, not only are the people of Nineveh, but the fasting also applies to all of the animals. And in the end, the very word of God, with the help of the Holy Spirit, drove these Ninevites to believe. What do you think is going through the mind of Jonah at this point? Hmm. Jonah was greatly displeased and he became angry. He prayed to the Lord, Oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home? Uh, Duh, Lord, I told you this. You didn't listen to me. This is why I was so quick to leave to Tarshish. They don't deserve it. But then he says something amazing here. He says, I knew that you are a gracious God, a compassionate, slow to anger, abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Jonah knew that in his heart. Jonah knew that God loves to show mercy to undeserved sinners. Jonah knew that God is a God who brings forgiveness even to the most despicable sinners. You see, that is God's unchanging nature. That never changes. But the problem here is that who's doing the deciding if they're worthy or not? It was Jonah. I can see this is like a big two-by-four that God used to wake up Jonah. I can't help but think the major implication the story has for us today. Yes, God changes his minds, and when that happens, it's for the benefit of his people. He doesn't change his mind in the fact that God's grace is always there for undeserved sinners. But who am I to say that so-and-so doesn't deserve God's forgiveness? You see, I think the minute that we begin to think that, I think we need to take a self-examination of our hearts and then think, hmm, that person is not worthy. Am I worthy? Thank heavens that God's unchanging nature is that he has sent his son to die for the sins of the whole world. And so Jesus comes to you today with a message, just like Jonah, to repent, to hear the good news, to be reminded that he has freed you with his own blood. You are his. 
So what can we take away today? Yesterday, today, and forever. Our God is the God who relents of wrath and forgives sinners for Christ's sake. May that be a source of encouragement for us as we continue to walk with him. Amen. We rise and confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he shall come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated.